We'd like to welcome everyone out, especially any of our visitors, and encourage you to come back at each and every opportunity that you have to be with us. Our pantry items for this week are listed in the foyer. As you leave the building, you'll see a list uh, to the right of the door. So if you would take a look at that. And as you're shopping this week, maybe pick up some of those items. Sick at home that we know of is Jack White is at home sick. And uh, also there's a young lady, uh, one of Jill's good friends, and Allie Knox. If you'll keep her in your prayers, she was hit by a car in Nashville yesterday. She is okay. She's got some bleeding stuff, but she is now at home, so keep the young lady Allie Knox in your prayers as well. Uh, we continue to keep Barbara Walford in our prayers. She is in the ICU at Sumner Regional Medical Center, so let's keep Brother Willie and his wife Barbara in our prayers uh, through these days ahead. We have a thank you card we'd like to read to the congregation. It says, thank you for all the diapers, wipes, and sweet gifts uh, for showering our family from your family. Mickey, and this is from Mickey and Heather Thompson. All right, we've got several events we need to look at and mark our calendars for. Uh, the uh, luncheon baby shower for Samantha Doris is uh, April the 8th make plans for that. This will be after the morning worship, and uh, they are registered at Babies Are Us, Target, and Amazon. And then also, 422, April 22, is a baby shower for Katie Brooks. Uh, this will be from 2 to 4 p.m., and they are registered at Babies Are Us, uh, or gift cards to Target and Walmart. Uh, the canoe trip is upcoming. I believe it's April 28th. There is a sign-up sheet, and I know that they would really like for you to sign, sign that if you're planning on going so they can get the count finalized for that. So if you're planning on going to the canoe trip April 28th, please sign uh, the sign-up sheet in the back. The first Sunday singing will be uh, today here at Fountainhead, and that will be at 2.30 p.m., and it says, come out and support the scene here at Fountainhead. And also remember that our evening services will follow at 4 p.m. here at Fountainhead. As well, this is going to be a busy day. Uh, the first Sunday youth worship will be at 3.15 today, and that will be at Richland. Now, there's a special guest speaker. Uh, I believe is a Christian McGuire will be speaking at that today. So let's go out and, and support these young men as they uh, help with the worship there at Richland. And they are planning on leaving from the building about 3 p.m. to be there. So if you're planning to be a part of that, you may want to sit towards the back uh, so that you can leave at 3 p.m. to get over there for the services at Richland. Uh, the World Christian Broadcasting uh, Fountainhead is sponsoring a table at World Christian Broadcast Corporation's benefit dinner. Uh, this will be at Franklin, Tennessee at the Marriott Cool Springs. This is April the 19th at 6.30 p.m. Uh, it says right now there are available eight available spots for those who are interested in attending. And if you'd like more information, you can see 
Brother Chris or Sister Daphne Crowder uh, to reserve a seat. We have our uh, cleanup day that will be upcoming. It says make plans to be a part of our cleanup day here at the building and that will be April the 7th this coming sa uh, Saturday from 9 to 11 a.m. And you can see Brother Kerry or Brother Sean for, for more information on that. Our mother's son meal uh, will be coming, will be upcoming, and, and uh, that will be on April the 14th at 6 p.m. And this is for if you're a mother here and you have a son, bring them. If you're a son, you have a mother, bring them. Doesn't matter where they go, if they come here, don't come here, bring them. Uh, have a special speaker there, and that's Brother Mike Pearson will be speaking uh, at that meal. There is a sign-up sheet in the foyer, and they ask that you would sign that so that they can have a count for those who would be in attendance. Also, uh, today with the uh, uh, nursing home visits, this is at 2.30 at the bridge. Zone 2 uh, is uh, earmarked to be there in support of that, but anybody who would like to is more than welcome to come uh, to the services at the bridge at 2.30. Is there anything I've missed or overlooked, any sick I'm not aware of? If not, Brother Timothy Tucker will be leading our singing. Brother Jeff Brewer will have a first prayer. Brother Christian McGuire will have our reading. Brother Matt Miller will have our sermon. And Brother Jeff Parker will have a closing prayer. This will be our song for our minds for Lord's Supper. Your only son, no sin to hide, but you have sent him from your side to walk upon this guilty side and to
In Acts 20 and verse 7, it says that the disciples came together to break bread on the first day of the week. Each week has a first day, so therefore we follow their example and we break bread on the first day of the week. Will you bow with me? Father in heaven, we thank you for this day and all its many blessings. We thank you for this opportunity to gather around thy table to commune with the Lord. Father, we thank you so much for that sacrifice that he made on the cross. We ask now that you'll bless this loaf that represents his body. Be with us as we partake of it. We will do so in a well-pleasing manner in thy sight. Christ's name we pray. Amen. Bow with me, please. Father, as we remember this memorial to your son, Jesus Christ, we also remember the great sacrifice that he made for us and the blood that he shed on the cross for us so that we might have forgiveness of our sins and the hope of salvation. Prepare our minds, Lord, at this time to partake of this in memorial to him. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
That concludes the Lord's Supper. We find this a convenient time to collect the offering. Would you bow with me? Father in heaven, we thank you again for all the many blessings of this life. Father, at this time, we thank you for the material blessings. We thank you for our jobs, for our abilities to earn a living. And Father, help us to understand that everything we have is only borrowed, that it belongs to you. And Father, now be with us as we give back a portion of that which we've so richly been blessed with. Christ's time we pray. Amen. will be our song before our prayers. <clears throat> we saw thee not when thou didst come to this full world of sin and death, nor yet beheld thy cottage home in that despised
Father in heaven, we come before you at this time thanking you for this another day you've added into our lives, for all the many abundant blessings that you shower upon us every day. We're so blessed, Father, and we realize that every good gift comes from you. And we're especially thankful, Father, for the greatest blessing of all, your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, his willingness to come to this earth and give himself help as a perfect sacrifice for the mission of our sins. Father, we thank you for the church he established, especially this congregation that meets here at Fountainhead. Thankful for the men that are willing to assume the duties as elders. Pray that you'd be with them, bless them and their families, and give them the wisdom, courage they need to make the decisions to lead this congregation forward. Thank you for the deacons that serve under them. Pray that you'd be with them and help them to carry out their responsibilities. Father, especially we're thankful for the men that labor here as ministers. Be with their, them and their families. Bless them. Father, we pray that everything that we do here today will be in a perfect accordance to your will and that this worship will be acceptable to you. At this time, Father, we ask your blessings on the sick, especially those that were mentioned here that are in hospitals. And if it's your will, Father, we pray that you would lay your healing hand on them and they be returned to us. Once again, go with us through the remainder of this service, Father, throughout the remainder of our lives. Forgive us for our sins, and if we've been found faithful, we ask a home with you in heaven. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you would, let's stand for these next two songs. After these songs, we'll have our scripture reading and then our sermon. We'll be singing the verses and then the chorus last for this song.
chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before him that we should walk in them. Well, that was a great song, wasn't it? <clears throat> good morning, everybody. Y'all good? Y'all happy? Hey, it's the Lord's Day. We get to come and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Isn't that awesome? I mean, I don't know a better time, a better place to be than to be right here worshiping the Lord. This morning, I want to start a new series. And I want to talk about the way that we serve. And in order to do that, I need to have a kind of an establishing a sermon to give us kind of the foundation for where we're going to go in the next several weeks. And this is that lesson. But we're going to be looking at different areas of our lives and how we as Christians can serve. Whether it comes to our families, how do we serve in the family? How do we serve in the congregation here at Fountainhead? How do we serve when we're tired? And how do we serve those who are in need? Those are just some of the titles that we'll be looking at. I'm really excited about this uh, series of lessons, and I hope that it'll be a blessing to you and maybe a challenge to you in whatever area you may be struggling in. But this morning, I want to introduce, like I said, and establish this uh, thought. Why? We serve the Lord. 
And you know you can go in many angles, but I'd like to go right here in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, and we're going to spend quite a bit of time in verse 10, but verse 8 and 9 just to kind of set us up. Let's go ahead and read that, and then we'll begin. Verse 8 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Four points and the lesson is yours. The first thing to consider this morning is why should we be servants of the Lord? Why should we be servants of the Lord? Well, the first thing is we are his workmanship. And I want you to think about this. When we become a Christian, we decided to let the Lord shape us the way that he wants to. Amen? When we decided to become a child of God, when we said, you know what, I'm going to deny myself, I'm going to pick up my cross daily, and I'm going to follow you, Lord, what we did was said, my will is out the door and your will is in. And now I want you to change me and make me like you want me to be. The word workmanship here means that which has been made. It's a product. Or uh, the word has been used to describe a fabric. Or a work of art. And I want us to think about that as we go uh, in this lesson. The work of art. You ever built something? Have you ever put something together? Have you ever done a remodel on your house or update the things that are older in your home? You know, uh, Al Clark does knives. I don't know if you uh, know this. I'm going to put a plug in for him. But he says he's not selling them, but you can go over there, and he's got some really cool knives that he makes. He puts them in a hot stove and they get red. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't even know how to explain all the stuff, but I saw it in action, and he's got skills. But when he puts that metal in and it gets done, and you see this finished product, it looks great. You could tell that there was an effort put in it. I also think of an illustration from Libby. She's a painter now. I don't know if y'all know that, with watercolors. Now, there was a few accidents along the way, but she is starting to paint different pictures, and they are beautiful to her, right? When she gets done and she shows them, I mean, they are magnificent. She wants to give them to Mommy. She wants to give them to Daddy, JoJo, and Nana, whoever. Bub Bub probably loves to get paintings from uh, Libby. But what is our goal when we partake of these activities? What's the goal? We want everything that we've been, we want those things that we've been working on, we want them to just be done half right, right? We want them to just be done, if they're, if they're done mediocre, it's okay, right? No. What we want is for it to look great. We want that finished product to say, uh, we want to say in our minds, that's exactly what I'm talking about, Right? When you look at it, you see the finished product and you say, that is what I'm talking about. Michelangelo once 
was asked what he was doing as he was chipping away at this uh, shapeless rock. I thought this was kind of funny. He said, I'm liberating this angel from this stone. What was he doing? He had the vision of what this shapeless rock was going to be. And he was liberating this angel out of this stone. That's what God wants to do with us. That's awesome. When we become a Christian, when we are a part of God's family, we have been put in the hands of the great maker, the ultimate sculptor. How do I know that? You can look outside and you can see that something was created out of nothing. You know the rain that we want to kind of go away? You know the clouds? You know the grass? You know the flowers that are coming up? That came from God saying, let there be, and there it was. You know, this is the God who also created man out of dust. And he's now wanting to work on us to make us who he wants us to be. Isaiah 64, 8 says, But now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. And all we are the work of your hand. That is a great verse to think about. He loves us so much that he wants to create the perfect picture. You remember in Philippians, Paul says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, he will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He began a good work in us, and he's going to complete it as we go through life. He's going to make us better and better. Don't we want that? Aren't we striving for that? Aren't we encouraged to know that God cares so much about us that he wants to make us better? So how does the Lord do this? How does he make us into the piece of work that he wants us to be? How does he do this? Well, in order for the Lord to be able to make us who he wants us to be, uh, we need some help, don't we? Brethren, I need some help. I mess up. I do things that I'm not supposed to do. So therefore, I need some help along the way. And God says, don't worry, Matt. I got you. He uses two tools. God uses two tools to help us be shaped into the person that he wants us to be. What are you talking about, Matt? The first and foremost tool that, Jesus, that, that the Father uses is Jesus Christ. This perfect piece of work that the Lord wants to create in us has no beginning without the name that is above all names. Why should we be servants of the Lord? Because not only are we his workmanship, we were created in Christ Jesus. <laughs> How does being created in Christ Jesus, Matt, uh, connect with being the Lord's workmanship? Brethren, before you were a Christian, you were dead in your sins. Before you were following the Lord, you were following in your own desires, in your own lusts, in your own passions. 
You were headed down a path that was destined to receive the wrath of God. And in Colossians chapter 5, he's, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, he specifically talks about these things. But then in verse 6, he says, and because of those things, those passions, those lusts, those desires, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. The reality is, one day we will be held accountable for the things that we do. But God made us Christians alive together with Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In Christ, we are a new creation. When we became a child of God, when we obeyed the gospel, something happened. We became spotless, without blemish. Why? Because of Jesus. All of our sins, all of our wrongdoings washed away in the eyes of the Lord. And now he can begin to do his work. I love this. He can do his work now on a clean canvas. A clean one. A clean canvas. How would you like to start painting a picture with some old dirty picture on there? That had been smudged and smeared and... Here's your uh, canvas. Go ahead and start working on it. God don't work like that. God said, you know what? I'm going to clean it up. I'm going to make it brand new. And then I'm going to start making this beautiful picture. And you are the picture. See, when Jesus died on the cross, he died because he loved us so much. And he loved us so much that he wanted to make us beautiful. He wanted to make us, you and me and everybody else, he wants to make magnificent. How do you know that? 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Well, why did he do that? That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Ephesians 5, 27 says this, that he, Jesus, might present her to himself, a glorious church. Brethren, who's the church? We are. Amen? We are the body of Christ. He wanted to present this church not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Think about the qualities that that Jesus wanted to present us as righteous, holy, without blemish. God is the sculptor, and we are his crowning achievement, his masterpiece through Jesus. Doesn't that make you feel like you're worth something? Doesn't that make you feel like somebody cares about you? Because he does. The Lord wants all of mankind 
to allow him to make them what they need to be. That's why the next point is so important. And we see the second tool. Not only does he use Jesus, but he uses the Holy Spirit for good works. Verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Where do we learn how to work for the Lord? Through his word, amen? Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 says this, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. God, through men inspired by His Spirit, have allowed us to see what His perfect will is, and when we abide in it, we begin to be molded by the Lord to the perfect piece of clay. You remember? You're the potter and I'm the clay. And we do it not only for our glory, but we do it to exalt the Lord. This is awesome. Because when we get glorified by the things that we do, not that we should exalt ourselves, but when we do things that we're supposed to do and people say, hey, that's a really good thing that that person is doing. What happens in the turn? You say, yep, I do it for the Lord. That's exactly why I do it. When my life starts to become exalted, it's because God has allowed me to do it. See, for Psalms 115.1 says this, and I love this verse. Look at this verse, brethren. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory. Because of your mercy, because of your truth. Man, man. Therefore, I'm going to humble myself under the mighty hand of God. And when it's time, when it's the right time, when I'm being trained, when I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to do, God will exalt me in due time. He's molding me. He's shaping me. He's making me the person that I need to be. He's making you the person that you need to be. It's incredible. Why don't we want in on this? You know what, when I thought about this, when this stuff starts becoming who I am, it's a game changer for me. I've tried it my way for many years. How about you, brother or sister? How about you, friend? You've been trying it your way for a long time. I'm going to tell you what, it's going to lead you down a broad path that's going to lead to destruction. But there's this one path. It's narrow. It's going to take some cutting away. But when you go down that path, it'll lead you to life. And you may think it's hard at the time. You may think that, you know, I don't know if this is worth it. But as you humble yourself and listen to what he says, God will exalt you at the right time. He'll put you right where you need to be in the right situation for the right moment. And then what will you do in that time? 
Will you be paying attention? Will you be ready for it? Or will you say, oh, man, I didn't even know about that. (laughs) It's hard for me to even read my Bible. It's hard for me to even listen to what God's Word tells me. It's hard for me to do anything really spiritual consistently. I just struggle with it. Here's a challenge. Try yourself. See if you're in the faith. See if it's really worth it. Because if you go in it half-heartedly, you'll never see the true blessings that come from what Jesus wants to do in your life. He wants to mold you. He wants to shape you. He wants to make you into something that you never thought that you would be. And I'm telling you, it's true. You personally, you can be effective above anybody else because you are the one who deals with people in your lives that I don't deal with that elders don't deal with, that deacons don't deal with, that other members in the body don't deal with. You deal with people that I'll never probably meet in my life, but you can be effective, and if you are prepared, if you're ready for the situation, watch what happens. Watch what happens. Why do we serve the Lord? Because he's molding us. He's making us into who that we need to be. And when we humble ourselves, he exalts us in due time. Here's a question. If we had to be honest with ourselves, just be honest with yourself for just a second. Don't think about anything else. Just think about this question. If you had to be honest with yourself right now, are we about the good works of the Lord? Is that the number one thing on our agenda? to be about the Lord's business above anything else, above our wife, above our husband, above our kids, above our friends, is doing the Lord's business number one in our life. And I just can't get this out of my mind. We have a purpose, church. Titus chapter 2, verse 14 I've used this verse, I've preached on this verse. It is eating me up because Jesus gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed. And he did something else. He purified something for himself. He wasn't about to drink some, some, some nasty water out of, the, out of the mud puddle. You know, when you purify some water, you, you get it where it's clean, right? I did know this ling- I did know a deal, but I can't remember it. I wish I'd have prepared that. I'm sorry, man. Maybe next time. I had, a, I had a funny throw in right there. Y'all probably would have laughed too. See, I can't even get my jokes right when I know they're going to be good. <clears throat> anyway. But he purified for himself something his own special people. <laughs> Brethren. If you're a Christian, if you're here today and you're a child of God, let me tell you something. You are Jesus's special people. His people. He died to redeem you from everything negative that you've done. He he died to clean up all the mess in your life. 
He said, and I want you, I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how many cars you got. I don't care how, how big on the uh, totem pole you are at work. I'll take you from the least to the greatest, and I'll make you special. Now, will you be zealous to go do my works? Zealous for good works. Brethren, are we about the Lord's business? Are we allowing the Lord to mold us in what he wants us to be? Because if we do this the right way, our good works are what is going to bring glory and honor to the Lord's name. And also our desire for doing these good works, it shows our appreciation for what somebody did for you. Don't you appreciate it when people do stuff for you? I appreciate Danny struggling through the mud puddle in my backyard. I mean, I appreciate him getting stuck over and over back there to get my yard mowed. I appreciate that. I'm glad I ain't got to be out there doing it because I will get stuck. He does a real good job with it. You remember he put the PowerPoint up with, me, with the water and all that with me? You remember all that? I want you to just think about this, and I'm just about done. See, we are not saved by good works. Amen? You ain't going to work your way to heaven. If you think that, I, I, I got news for you. It's not going to happen. You're not going to be able to be good enough. You're not going to be able to do the, the, the good enough stuff to make God say, wait a minute, can you believe that he... Angels, I need everybody to pay attention to Matt. Look at what... It ain't happening. You cannot work your way to heaven. It is not going to work out that way for you. But we are saved to go do good works. See, and we better be about them. And here's the challenge. Here's the thing I want you to think about as we close. You may not have heard anything else that I've said. You may have said, you know what, Matt? I hear this all the time. We talk about Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 all the time. I know that verse. I get it. But I want you to hear this. And this is the truth. Why should we be servants of the Lord? Because before the foundation of the earth, he had this plan established. Before anything had happened, he wanted his people to be about his business. And here's the beauty of it. As the word chips and chips away and starts molding this picture or this stone image from this shapeless rock, we become just what the Lord wants us to be. We become more and more like the perfect example. And we talked about this Wednesday night. Romans 8, 29 says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. God wants us to be like him. But the Lord set this up also because he wants us to be prepared for what is to come. And if you would, turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 2.
Romans chapter 2. We can live our lives in such a way we can uh, live for ourselves. We can do those fun things. But, you know, we're never promised tomorrow. We're never promised another moment. And then when it's over, we're not going to look back and say, hold on, Lord, before you judge me, let me think about all those fun things that I've done in my life. You won't be thinking about that. You'll be standing in front of an almighty God. And I'm not talking about standing in the line waiting for everybody to go. But listen to what the word says. Romans chapter 2, verse 5. But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourselves wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. The righteous judgment of God is coming one day. When you die, there it is. And verse 6 says, Who will render to each one according to his deeds, eternal life to those who, who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immorality. Immortality, sorry. But those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish on every soul of man who does evil. Of the Jew first and also of the Greek. Think about what we've just been talking about this morning and put these verses into play. One day, God is going to render judgment to each of us according to our deeds, whether they are uh, doing them to seek glory and honor and immortality or whether they're self-seeking and you're not obeying the truth but you obey unrighteousness. Whatever your deeds are, that's what you're going to be judged on. So if I'm allowing the Lord to show me the deeds I need to be about, and I do them, how will it go for me when I stand in front of him? It'll probably go pretty good, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you be excited to see him? If you're doing exactly what he says you should be doing, if you're striving to do those things that he asks you to do in his word. But what about if I choose to do my own thing? If I choose to live for myself until I feel so guilty that I can't take it anymore, so then I half-heartedly come to church. I half-heartedly say a prayer. I half-heartedly do those things that I'm really not wanting to do, but I feel so guilty because I know who God is. But when that guilty feeling, when it calms down, I'm gone. I'm not worried about it. How will that person be when the Lord renders his judgment to them? Why would we want to put ourselves in that position? Why would we want to skip out on all the blessings that the Lord has in store for us? 
to be a changed man, to affect other people's lives, to be just like him when we walk on this earth and shine light that changes and affects people. The Lord, through the gospel, through the death, through the burial, and the resurrection, has given us an opportunity, brethren, to be just like Jesus. You remember when Jesus resurrected after he was on earth for those days? And in Acts chapter 1, the the, uh, disciples were right there with him. And what happened? Jesus started lifting up, right? He started lifting up and then he went out of sight. Where did he go? Where did he go? Don't you want to go to that land? Don't you want to go where Jesus is? That's where I want to go. That's where I'm setting my hope for. I'm setting my hope for one day I'm going to be with the Lord and I'm going to be with him forever. And he's going to wipe every tear from my eye. All the sorrow, all the pain. Gone. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. God prepared it a long time ago for us, brethren. Why do we serve the Lord? Because he's that awesome. And he's worthy to be praised. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Maybe you're here today and you're not living the way you're supposed to do. Maybe you're going through life half-heartedly. Hey, make it right. Serve the king with everything you got. And he will bless your life. He loves you. He cares for you. Ask for forgiveness. He's not holding it against you. He's wanting you to repent. He wants you to make it right. He wants you to be successful. He doesn't want to knock you down and beat you up. He wants to lift you up and exalt you. Boy, I like to be exalted, don't you? I mean, just be honest with yourself. Doesn't it feel good when people say good things about you? That's great. That's not what I'm living for, but that's what God will do for you when you put him first in your life. He lifts you up. He puts you where you need to be. But don't take your eyes off him. Stay focused on his will, and he does the work for you. If you need to obey the gospel, Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. I love you all so much, brethren. Have a good week. Be strong. Be courageous. Don't ever let Satan steal your joy. Be happy to know that you are a part of the family of God and you belong to his kingdom. If you need to obey the gospel, if you need prayers, whatever you need, come right now. Together we stand and sing.
Just a reminder about our singing today at 2.30, and then also our evening services will be taking place at 4 o'clock this afternoon, and also uh, the youth service at Richland Place at 3.15, and also the services at the bridge. Is there anything else that needs to be mentioned this morning? We'll have our closing song, then we'll, or, and then we'll have our closing prayer. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show. pray with me. Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the opportunity that you've given us this morning to assemble here together, to be able to worship you, the one and only true living God. Father, we're so thankful for your love for us. We're thankful for your mercy and for your grace, even though we don't truly deserve any of it. We pray, Father, that each day that you allow us to live, that it will be our Easter. Father, we're so thankful for each one that is here this morning. We're thankful for our visitors, for our members. We pray, Father, that you'll help us to take the, the message that Brother Matt has brought to us this morning from your word, that we will take it and apply it to our lives, that it'll help us to, to say and to do the right things, to have the right thoughts, that we might be the the Christian lights that we need to be throughout this world and throughout this community, and that when people see us, they will know that we are your children. Father, we pray that you'll continue to bless those that are sick, especially those who are mentioned in our announcements this morning. There are others, Father, that we don't know of as well, and we just ask that you'll lay your healing hand upon each and every one of them, that they can have their health restored to them as soon as possible. Father, we pray that you'll be with us as we depart from this place this morning. We pray that you'll guide and watch over us, bring us back safely to the, the singing this afternoon and for our evening worship. We pray that you'll always forgive us of our sins when we do sin. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.